LDB, 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 LDB. Good afternoon, LBB. I am Chris Schutzer. I am your host uh, of this wonderful podcast, and I'm joined by Mr. Matt Starr, co-commissioner Matt Starr. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Chris. How are you? I'm okay. It's the day before school starts, and if I'm being brutally honest, I've been running around doing all the, the, the school activities that, like, it's the bane of one's parenting existence. It's, it's the day I would most want to cut out. You're shopping for like new sneakers, uh, new backpacks, and everything's gone. Like you're an idiot for waiting this long, and every year you <laughs> pants down. Um, so that's that's how I've spent my my day. Um, but how about you? Anything anything special these days? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that my birthday is coming up this week, so you know, had a little get together. Saw a bunch of the the folks from LDB, some of whom I had not seen in quite some time. So. It's really nice to see everybody. Well, happy birthday. Um, big 4-0. Yeah, big, big one. So, and uh, you just heard his voice. I need to introduce our, our third host today. Uh, not Bill Becker, uh, though that is what the computer is telling me. It is Mr. Michael Becker, president of Edible Arrangements. How are you today? <laughs> Doing great. Doing great. How is everyone? Well, you already heard from me. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I loved that, by the way. What inspired you to send an edible arrangement? So I, I think a lot about gratitude these days. And when you are grateful for something or to someone, you have to show it. And I was particularly grateful for uh, Mark beating Star in week 18 of the LDB season. Uh, so I wanted to demonstrate that through an edible arrangement. Uh, the, the melon platter specifically. I thought there was no better way. So uh, I sent that to him just as an acknowledgement that I appreciated uh, him and his boys. I like it. Uh, and, it, you know, it's funny, like before we started, it, it made me bring up with you that I, I don't think that this is a league that anyone joins like with financial gain at heart. <laughs> it's all about pride at this point, as demonstrated by the fact that I think we're all losing tons and tons of money. Uh, on this habit, but it's fun anyway. Um, well, I used a coupon code, so uh, <laughs> don't give me don't give me too much credit. I was frantically googling edible arrangement coupon codes. I think I might have gotten fifteen percent off. And you found one. That's impressive. I did, and so you know, I I also recognize that that Mark and his wife Taylor have uh, just had a, a new addition in the family, so I want to recognize that too. But um, yeah. Thought a fruit basket was necessary. I told him I was sending one. I told him after week 18, I got to send you a fruit basket. So had to be, had to be good to my word. Uh, I'm curious, Star, if you send a present like as a thank you these days, do you have a go-to? I don't really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought the last time we sent something like that, I think, I think we sent somebody like a, a, a thing of, of liquor you know, like three bottles of liquor or something like that in a gift basket. But that was up for someone who, you know, is a big drinker, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, that would be, I don't think that would be for everybody. Either of you into hot sauce? Yes, oh yes. 
my go-to is the Fuego box. Ooh, never heard really, of it. You you have to know that the individual is is into hot things, otherwise it, it'll backfire on you. Oh, Fuego box! I'm gonna like unintended backfire. Um, yeah, no Fuego box. It's they 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 have a their finger on the pulse of all the craziest hot sauces. It's it's phenomenal. So. Oh boy! All right. Yeah. Maybe when I beat you in the title match, I'll send you that as a consolation prize. <laughs> That's fine. That'll be a nice <laughs> consolation. Um, Matt, how you feeling, man? Last we spoke, you you were in the driver's seat. Now, I think uh, Becker's sending fruit baskets. So, uh, how are you feeling about the situation? You know, I mean, uh, it, it it's been it's felt a bit inevitable for the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I don't feel great about it, but it's it's something I've been feeling like was the likely outcome since uh since the mark loss since i lost to mark that was that was a matchup i couldn't afford to lose and uh my team didn't really show up and mark's team had one of the you know few good weeks he's had in, in the last you know second half of the season here so uh you know it's bad luck but that was becker's been gaining on me really the second half it was really that stretch from like week 11 to 15 where i lost a couple of matchups and and becker went you know, it's lost like 12 categories over a five week stretch or something like that. And I was like, you know, still above 500, but that, that, that was enough for him to make up the difference. And then I think we were pretty much tied, you know, from week 16 on, or like, you know, kind of going back and forth. So, um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's disappointing uh, to have, to have been in first place for three quarters of the season and, and not the three quarters that ultimately mattered. So, uh, you know, we are going to preview your match um, in a few minutes, but before we get to it, I mean, like, I know you're obviously now going to have to play four times to win a title. It has been done. Um, and so that, like, as the obvious, uh, if I were to ask you, are you less confident? The answer is, of course, because there's now four right. coin flips instead of two. But in terms of the, the performance of your players, is this, is this really a nod to Becker? Or do you think your boys are, are really slowing up and they're not playing their best ball at this point? Um, I think it's a little, it's not that my team's been bad. My team has been fine. I think Becker's team has just been that good. And my team came down a little bit from where they were earlier in the season. Um, I had a lot of guys on offense who have really cooled off, which was not really surprising. Um, I think, you know, I'm not really worried about how the playoffs are going to affect the pitching because I think a lot of the pitching struggles I've had have come from guys that I'm not going to be using in the playoffs kind of cutting off the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh starters is going to be very beneficial, I think for me. Um, but that's where a lot of the damage has been done. And is, is, you know, the, the guys who are leading the team all year have been playing great. So I'm not really worried about the guys I'm going to use in the playoffs. And, you know, I think, I think I, you know, I think I have a better team than, than Josh and, and Dubner. And I, I, I think I am probably the favorite in either of those matchups, um, even though it doesn't necessarily matter all that much. So no more Tyler Molly. That's what I heard. And uh, wait, why no more Tyler Molly? Tyler Molly's been great. Except when he's on the road, right? Or I don't know. Is it the road that? Yeah, he's other going? way around. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess no more Tyler Molly. <laughs> no Tyler McGill. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Tyler Molly went like uh, I think he went seven, struck out eight, uh, two earned runs today. You know, so. I can't really complain about him. Yeah. He'll be, and I think he's he's facing like the Tigers or somebody this week. So I'm not really that worried about that either. Yeah. 
I, I, I've been at the uh, stretch of the season. I actually went to a game with BJ uh, on Thursday and we were talking about how I just don't care, but I want my players to perform well enough that I'm confident and not so well that I'm like, guys, don't waste it. Um, and because uh, we, we haven't had any meaningful baseball in Dippo land in, in five weeks. Um, right. And we will go one more week before it starts to matter. At which point Eloy Jimenez will finally debut for us, which is going to be exciting. Um, so, uh, but let me flip the coin and say, Becker, obviously things are looking good over there uh, in, in Tones land, Tonesville, Tones, Tonesia. Tonesburg. Tonestown. 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 I like that. Ooh, ooh, yeah, Tonestown. I like Tonesburg too, though. Uh, so, so how are we feeling over there? Are you as confident as you've been all season at this point? Yeah, feeling feeling good. Uh, so I made I knew that I had a good team. Um, I was I was hopeful at the beginning of the season that kind of the pitching strategy would work out, and it did. And once I recognized that I had uh, kind of a, a strategy that would be sustainable and not kind of privy to or, or prone to innings limits and things, uh, I knew I had to increase hitting. And so that's when I went kind of gangbusters at the deadline and I addressed some needs. And, and once I got like Correa, Tommy Pham, um, yeah, I, and then promoted Jonathan India, I felt really, really, really good. And I've had some injuries and some guys have been hot and some haven't, but I feel like my hitting is, some, uh, is now coming along alongside the pitching. And I've been really fortunate with, with very few injuries especially on the pitching staff. Once you sustain some pitching injuries, you're, you're done. But um, I've been pretty fortunate to avoid some major injuries, but I feel good. And I, I made those deals with not the playoffs in mind, but attaining kind of you know, winning the division because I know how valuable that double buy is. I knew I wasn't probably going to get out of and win those two games, right? Uh, because it's a coin flip. So I wanted to give myself that opportunity. But I'll, I'll echo what Star said. Like his, his team didn't kind of lose this. Like his team's really, really, really good. And if you ask me who I'm most afraid of, it's clearly Star because I lost to him 8 4 early in the season. I tied 6 6, you know, late in the season. I don't know if I match up well at all against Star. So, um, you know, if there's anyone out there that concerns me, it's him. Uh, so I have no doubt that he's going to make it through and I'll probably see him in a couple of weeks, but I'm generally feeling pretty good and pretty satisfied with uh, how it ended up. That's great. So uh, just, just real quick as to how good Becker's team was, you know, I basically had the same record in the second half as I did in the first half. Um, I was, I was 80 and 40 in the first half. Uh, it's looking like I'm going to be something like 77 and 43 or something like that in the second half, but Becker, uh, was just the team was just insane. Um, he was in the second half, so he went. Uh, what we got here? I'm I'm trying to do quick math in my head. Ninety four plus however many wins he has this week. Um, Ten or yeah. So it's a hundred. It's a hundred and four. He's he's gonna end up with a hundred and four second half wins, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, out of a, out of a possible hundred and forty here, or yeah. Or wait, no, 120. Jesus Christ. That's what, 104 and 16? Some of that is a favorable schedule. Like, I, I've taken care of the matchups that I needed to take care of. Uh, and I've held serve against 
the, the really good teams or just eked out a victory. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, it's, it's fun to win. I'm not going to deny that. So, but I also recognize how fickle playoffs are. When, when I played, I, 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 I did the math wrong. It was 90, 94 and 26, but still very, very impressive in the second half here. Becker, when I played you, it was one of those weeks where I was so thankful it didn't matter because I think I had the second best week in the league and I lost to you 10 to two. Um, I, I looked at it and I would have beaten every other team except yeah. you. Um, and, uh, and, and you just absolutely, you know, uppercutted me Mike Tyson style <laughs> from punch out. I mean, like I was pretty sure I was flying. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an epic performance and, uh, I, look, I think both, both you guys could, could win this thing, but obviously Becker's in better shape. Um, we will turn more to this on a week by week basis because, uh, going forward, I know I've made all sorts of promises that we've broken, but we really are going to try to do something every week from this point on for the playoffs to, to preview matchups and talk about, you know, the, the fates of the teams that, that depart and, and where we think they're headed. Um, before we dive too far into the playoffs, uh, both McQueenies and, and for the, those lucky enough to be in the, the championship bracket, um, I know Becker wanted to talk a little bit about the trades we made at the deadline, just reflect on them. Um, and then I've got one tiny little thing as well. So Becker, why don't I hand it over to you? Uh, what do you, what did you want to tell us about these trades? Sure. So I think, I mean, everyone uh, spent a lot of time thinking about trades, making trades, ramping up their teams. And it dawned on me that not a lot has really hit. There have not been a ton of really impactful uh, players. I mean, when, when we look back a few weeks ago and you thought the best names on the market were Jacob Dukram and Bieber. And unfortunately for Duber, Dubner, those guys have not pitched and they probably won't pitch. And so it's, it's good to build in those contingencies, but that is, that is really tough when you think, you know, here's, here's the way that I have to improve my team. And then it kind of um, falls through. I think there were a couple of really solid deals though, that might've been maybe smaller. I know Brophy got Teoscar. Uh, and Tyler McGill is not, is not a bad player. And I think he'll, he might be on a good contract for next year, possibly. Uh, but Tiasker Hernandez has been great for Brophy's choice. Uh, you know, Robbie Grossman's been a huge player for a star. Uh, you getting Brandon Woodruff. I think it, if there was one premier player at the deadline to be had in hindsight, now it was Woodruff, I think, um, because, especially because of what he can do in the playoffs and, you knew he was pitching well. You knew he wasn't injured. He's probably not going to be on an innings limit like maybe Peralta or Burns. So he was a great get. Um, but there was just a lot, of, a lot of noise. I mean, I got Patrick Sandoval thinking I would need him for the playoffs, and now he has some sort of mysterious spinal injury. Uh, but there was, there was a lot of noise, and I feel like a lot of folks um, came out of the deadline feeling real good about the moves they made. And it feels almost like we're right back to where we were before deadline where it's like the team you have is the team you have. I didn't even talk about Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout's probably not even going to play. So there were a lot of huge names moved at the deadline and it's unclear at this point on the precipice of the playoffs, whether those names are actually going to play. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm kind of, I've been going kind of going through team stats here and seeing what guys have done it. Honestly, I think, 
maybe the most impactful trade deadline acquisition is going to be a bit of a surprising one, but in terms of how he's been and how badly that team needed something like this was Zach Grinky has been stellar for Josh and Josh, the back end of his rotation was killing him. And to have somebody like that to help stabilize a rotation was huge for, for Josh. I think and put him kind of helped keep a team that was reeling a little bit, kind of helped right the ship and was put him in a good spot. You know, we're talking about it in a minute. He's likely not going to win the division, but he came very close and now it's you know, going to be a tough first round matchup for me. And I think that says it all in a deadline in which Mike Trout, uh, Shane Bieber, Jacob deGrom, Trevor Story, all these guys were traded. The most valuable player is Granky. And, and so I look back on past uh, trade deadlines and think, all right, which ones hit and which ones didn't. And I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it totally undermines the value of making late season pickups, but it's probably more of a crapshoot than we give credit for. I think we talked about it. Like when you know, it is too much of a crapshoot, especially for a few weeks. And it's and on a rental, it's like it feels right. really tough to give up four and a half years of something. Um, you know, I, I I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I would make my trade again today. Uh, I know you mentioned Woodruff and I'm, I've been, I think his performance has been fine. I wouldn't say that he's been electric. He's been good. Uh, Chris Bryant's been good, but he's hurt right now. I think it's, it looks minor. Uh, I'd make the trade again though. And it's because I was worried about my pitching and sure enough, there goes Jack Flaherty again. So, um, you know, my confidence in, in my staff was pretty shaky and still is if I'm being honest, but I think, uh, I've got enough guys that I can win any week and, and we'll see. I think the, the, the true story and the one that like, I wish we actually had an entire podcast to look at is that how many guys did we have that went full on sell and all of them. And when I say all, I mean all except Ian, sorry, Ian, uh, all of them, their, their performance improved. Ryan like sold and then became a contender. Like he was, he was noisy quite yeah. quickly up until the end okay uh mark this is not new for him mark sells and still competes like he's good at that sean sold uh, i mean uh, go ahead star oh uh, uh the, the thing is well it, it's a bit of a it's not the case with um but i mean those teams performances have been terrible like <laughs> whether they won or not they're that that, that was fluky those sean's team has been awful since the trade deadline. Mark's team has been awful since the trade deadline. Um, I think Hughes had a bit of a better team to begin with, but it, you know, none of these teams have been particularly good from a performance standpoint. They've just happened to win some games. So, but what does that tell you though, right? Cause like, I think in a 20 week season uh, with a deadline in week 15 or 16, like this, it just, it, it furthers the point we were making that time, that week, just about, like how much you invest in, uh, a, a, you know, a couple rolls of the dice. It's just, it's a lot. Unless you're very clear on benching something that's way worse. Um, it, it feels it feels hard to make that call. Um, uh, over the last month, the wind and uh, the, the roof have been, without question, the worst offenses in the league, actually, uh, by a pretty wide margin, worse than Ray. Um, 
So that if that's if that tells you anything. <laughs> so whether they're winning games or not, uh, they, their teams have not improved. They just you know <laughs> they happen to win some games. Fair enough. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on this trade deadline, or, or shall we move on to the the next segment? All right. I, I'm going to get after it. Yeah, let's get after it. So we're going to preview some matchups before we do. I just want to talk for a second about one of my favorite things about this league, uh, McQueenie Cup. I love the McQueenie Cup. Okay, I think it's it is the excellent stay involved consolation prize. Uh, I think that I won it once, and it was like I was shocked at how enjoyable I found the the losers bracket to be. Um, I think the prize is well positioned as you know pick seventeen. I think it's just valuable enough that it makes a difference and you really care about it. Um, I, I'm curious, like, you know, Becker, you have a winning team now, but you, you were rebuilding for a while there. Like how much did the McQueenie cup, if at all impact your strategy, you know, as the season went on, it didn't impact strategy, but in 2019, when I finished last, but I was kind of surging at the end, I thought I'm going to win fucking McQueenie cup. Like, let's go. Let's go. And I didn't have the team to sustain that, but at least in my mind, I had something motivating. And I, I'm, I'm curious myself, as someone relatively new to the league, how that got started. So maybe uh, Matt can opine on that. But yeah, that, that, that sustained my interest. Not that there needed to be anything to really kind of artificially sustain it, but it's, it's a nice kind of jolt at the end of the season and it's something to play for. And I totally agree with you. The, the reward for winning that is significant. I think it's significant and it's something to play for and it, it just makes it fun. Matt, not to pat myself on the back, but what, wasn't this my idea back? I, do, way back I don't remember. I don't remember. I, 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 it was, you know, one of the two big competitive balance things we put into place um, to try to keep teams from completely dismantling themselves that we which we've talked about on the podcast before but you know that and the penalties um for the mcqueen performance penalties were you know were include were added as incentive for teams to not you know just be completely awful and stop managing their teams down the stretch and give them something to play for um so i i think it's i think it's worked out very well i think the combination of those two things has made you know has as kept things interesting for the teams that have sold off um, and maybe, you know, given teams motivation to maybe not sell off everything that they potentially could sell off because they know that there is at least this chance of a, a draft pick at the end of it. Or, you know, the other way to look at it is if you're on the fringe, you might be a little more likely to buy because the worst case scenario is you've got a little bit better team for the McQueenie cup. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's true too. Does that happen though? Do you think, do you think folks who are clearly not playoff contenders are buying for the sole purpose of the McQueenie cup? Well, this is where I would point to the difference between having half the league make the playoffs and not right. Because I feel like on some level you, you can believe that you'll make the playoffs or that you have a good shot at it, but you're still not a Becker or a Brophy. And as a result, like, do you really want to push all in when you're still going to have to beat that team? Like it, it's, it's tough to do. Uh, I, you know, I credit owners where they have, like, I think the year that Jeff won it, uh, he did not have the best team, but he pushed all his chips in and he was like, this is a chance and I'm going to take that chance. Um, and it worked out for him. Uh, so like, I don't know, I think I, it, it, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think 
some of these teams, uh, they make that choice and they regret it, but it's usually the, the best team in the, in the, in the other bracket wins the McQueenie. I have noticed that the playoffs feel like a bigger crapshoot than the McQueenies. Like one of the two teams that has the buy usually wins the McQueenies. So. Uh, I think I've had the double buy in the McQueenie twice. And I think I've lost <laughs> in the, immediately both times. <laughs> I lost in the first round of the McQueenie penalties both times. I think the only times I've ever been in the McQueenie bracket, I had double buys and I lost both times in the first round. That's rough. The first round that I played in. Yeah. I've won a McQueenie, but I've never won the real thing. So. Hopefully this is the year. Come on, guys. Um, uh, well, I love the McQueenies. I'm, I think that's actually one of the things that I think would be really fun to talk about further is just ways to improve competitive balance. Because um, we did know uh, long before this year was over which teams we thought were going to be in the playoffs. We declared all sorts of deaths. And guess what, guys? We were fucking wrong. We were really fucking wrong. So let's take some time and look at the matchups for this week with the following caveat. With all respect to Mr. Sandberg and Mr. Green, uh, and also Josh, to you as well, um, because you could still come back and, and win the division here today. It is currently 5.11 p.m. We're going with what we believe to be the most likely playoff matchups this week. Uh, lucky for, the, for this podcast content, we are 100% certain we know the McQueenie matchups, so we're going to start there. Uh, and we're going to do a little playoff preview. Um, and, and see where we're at. So why don't we start on the Union side? I believe that uh, Union, uh, we're gonna see Ray as the road team going into Box Stadium in, uh, in Brooklyn to play uh, Ian's squad. Does that sound right, boys? That's correct. Okay. So. so let's take a quick moment and, and look at these two teams' long-term chances of winning the McQueenies, but also this week. Um, Becker, you mind if I put you on the spot? Not at all. No. All right. Who do, you, who do you want to start with? Do you want to talk about Ray or you want to talk about Ian? I want to talk about Ian. Go for it. Because I, I think Ian has a really, really, really sneaky good team. And that's not um, only because he has three of my former homegrowns that I've cut this year. Uh, he, Austin Riley, I think is a star. Um, he, Ahmed Rosario is a solid player. Miguel Sano is hitting home runs like we knew he could. Uh, Jose Aguilar is driving in runs like we knew he could. Uh, and when he gets pitching, like, so you, you've got a couple kind of cherry bombs with Madison Bumgarner, um, you know, Brady Singer, some of the other, some of the other names, but he has Chris Sale now. Like, so he can, he can really put together a curated 30 innings that I think are going to sustain him would not surprise me at all if Ian came out and actually won McQueenies. I like his team. I've liked his team from a while. I think they're scrappy. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Chris Sale is sneaky, isn't he? I mean, like, you're just like, you're like going through Ian's team and you're like, oh God, didn't he pick that guy up last week? Like in that one? And oh shit, Chris Sale. It's like, it's like. Yeah, I was going through the yeah. roster. And like, like Luis uh, Gill or Heel, going to be a really good pitcher. I'm I'm not convinced the about this archer, but he's got he's got a lot of guys that can either um, put up like a, a minus thirty MGS or they could put up like plus twenty, and it's just a matter of which day he gets out of them. It's total jackal and hide with him, but he's made some really really aggressive and, and strong moves. 
uh, Vesia from the Dodgers as a reliever. He's just got, he's got dudes and it will take a lot of maneuvering to put the right guys out there. But if he does, I think history has shown that he can win. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- this is not a good team, but it's a team that I think Chris Sale gives him a huge leg up, particularly against Ray. Uh, and, uh, I don't think either of their offenses are particularly good. Um, I think either one could win, you know, offense. But Ian has a huge, huge pitching advantage here, not just because of Sale, but also because Ray lost Chris Bassett, who, was, who had been his best pitcher all year. Um, and I think that that makes a pretty massive difference. So there's a big there's a big imbalance in pitching here. Um, you know whether Ian can win the entire McQueenies, I, I I think he has a significantly worse team than both Nate and, and Hughes, who uh, are going to be his competitors if he if he were to get past Ray. But uh, I think I think Ian's a clear favorite at least in this round. Okay, I agree that that Ian's the favorite. I also want to take a moment and say. Joey Votto like I know man like not only did Ray hold on to Joey Votto uh who by the way is he's paying 14 million and at the point that he drafted him I'm just gonna I'm gonna say mea culpa like I was like wow Me too. 14 million for Me Joey too. Votto like what just happened that contract looks good guys that contract looks pretty good um uh, so like I, you know, kudos to Ray for holding on to him. Uh, Ray, we have not talked about your squad enough, um, but I, you know, if the if the offense does go Ray's way, you have to imagine that he got pretty strong performances uh, from you know some of these guys that maybe have had uh, resurgences lately. Um, Charlie Blackman has has really let him down this year, but Votto's been good. And uh, as I look at the rest of the roster. There's not much to be afraid of. I, I think he needs Brandon Nimmo to, to show that he's healthy. I think he needs Ian Happ to be decent. Um, and then we'll see. Uh, yeah, I was, just, I was just curious to see. I, I looked at the, the Woba leaders since the All-Star break and Votto's fourth. Um, but this is a weird list, man. I, 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 <laughs> the, the top 10 in Woba since the All-Star break, I just felt like I should show. So at the top makes sense, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Austin Riley, who's had an incredible year. Uh, five through eight is about the most unexpected list. Uh, Will Smith of the Dodgers, uh, CJ Crone, your boy, uh, Randy Arozarena, and Tyler Naquin uh, are are five through eight uh, in terms of second half Woba. So you know, weird times. But you know, anyway, nice to see Joey Votto hitting again, playing like this because he's been he's been really incredible, really since the beginning of June. And he's such an interesting guy too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen interviews with him, but he's extremely thoughtful. He's uh, extremely dry with his sense of humor. I, I'm just endlessly fascinated by, by Joey Votto. And the more uh, that Joey Votto does well in Major League Baseball, I think it, it, is, it, it enriches Major League Baseball when he's performing well. Also, also kind of random aside on, on Votto, I feel like this – this resurgence that he's having, if he could like do this for one more year, I think you know, he was kind of a fringy hall of fame guy. I think this is like actually maybe the kind of thing that puts him over the edge and gets him into the hall of fame because of the strong finish. If he has like one more good, you know, all-star season like this, I think he's probably in the hall of fame. And I, I'm not sure he, I'm not sure he would have been uh, if this hadn't happened. 
Um, uh, one more quick thing, since we didn't m- mention a single one of Ray's pitchers, uh, he does have Tanner Hawk. Uh, I know I'm saying his name wrong. He also has Nestor Cortez, who's been good lately for the Yankees, if he can have a job, um, which he might not. But um, it's not crazy for Ray to sort of limit his innings and, and go for good matchups and win. It's possible. Yeah, Tanner Hawk's been been very good, very impressive. Though I, I did watch him. The one time I watched him, uh, I sat down and actually watched him. He got absolutely annihilated, so that didn't go super well. But, you know, you can see the stuff. Like, I think there's some potential there, and I think that's a nice piece for Ray yep. in the future. Yep, and at $1.5 million, he'll surely be keeping him next year. So right. uh, let's turn to the federal side, uh, where we are 100% confident as well that Anton will be the home team in this game. Uh, and he will be hosting uh, Jeff Peterson's Whitey Whackers. So I turned to uh, Becker first last time. Matt, do you feel ready to go on either of these teams? Yeah, I mean, I think these are these. Uh, we have a pretty significant upgrade um, in terms of you know the the quality of teams here. I um, I would give the edge, I think, to Jeff. Anton's team, Anton sold a lot of pieces uh, at the deadline and really just um, particularly on the pitching side has not been very good of late. And um, I think Peterson had a few more, you know, homegrown players that were kind of keystones of the team. So the team didn't take as many hits. You know, he kept, Starling Marte has been unbelievable lately. Um, you know, we still got Bo Bichette. Um, Dylan Carlson's back. You know, I just think it's. I just think his his team's in a little bit better position because he didn't sell off as many pieces. Just you know, given the circumstances. Um, so this could go either way, but I think I think I would give the the edge to Peterson right now. It's funny. I, I'm I, I'm going to jump the the queue here, Becker, and and just talk for a second. I I disagree. Um, I do like playing Anton right now. I have to say this team is very bad but there are some players on it that are way better than this roster Um, and particularly I think when you talk about the new playoff format if Anton limits his innings to Blake Snell who's been a lot better lately great gets uh Zach Plezak to give him a couple good performances gets Zach sucks but yeah sure uh gets a good a good game out of Alex Manoa um his bullpen uh has some studs and some duds. So what I'm what I'm suggesting here is that Ian's going to actually it's not Ian. Um, Anton's going to he's going to have a much better time pitching wise benching a lot of these guys. It, it there's a lot of fat to trim is what I'm saying, and I think then the performance will look different. And I do think that this pitching staff is way better for the playoffs than than Peterson's. Um, so I disagree. So I think you know you 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 talked about Blake Snell and how good he's been. Uh, Maybe you're not paying attention. Frankie Montas, maybe it's been the best pitcher since the All Star break in Major League Baseball. So that that's also happening right now. Fair point, Becker. You want to weigh in? Yeah, I like the Whackers. I didn't expect to like the Whackers, but just reviewing their offense, I mean, Bo Bichette can win you a week on his own. Uh, and let me pose you a question: How many steals do you think Starling Marte has this season? Oh, I saw some crazy stat that he's still he's stolen like 20 since the all-star break or something insane. Like he's got like, I don't know, I have to imagine it's over 40 on the season now. He has 42 steals. That's in, that's insane. 
He is the 18th most valuable player, according to CBS Roto. Uh, when you have guys like Bo Bichette and Starling Marte, who's performing at that level, you can, you can take offense. And I think both of these pitching staffs are really, unfortunately, rather bleak. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a boat race on pitching. But if you can, if you can sweep steals, if you can take home runs with a, a nice week from Bichette and others, uh, Schwarber's back, Dylan Carlson. Uh, I, I think I like, I think I like Peterson here. Yeah. I'm just looking at the, you know, the Fangraphs auction calculator values and, you know, Bo Bichette and Shelley Marte are two top 20 hitters on the season. Anton does not have that. Does not have, I don't, know, I don't think there's anyone on this first page here on Anton's team. Um, so that, that makes a big difference. I'm not going to be surprised if Anton wins. I will admit, I think Peterson is probably the favorite. I've been swayed. Um, I, can we just take a quick second on Anton's terrible luck, though? Like, going into this year, like we, I don't think we've spent enough time on this team. He had a lot of the guys that folks were after, you know? Glaber Torres has been terrible this year. Kevin Biggio has been not good, and that's, that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, obviously is it Kevin Biggio sucks man and he sucked before this season he was like the luckiest player in baseball he can't hit a fastball if you watch the guy play he sucks he really sucks and he always sucked <laughs> Yelich has been Matt hurt. Stark coming out hot <laughs> Yelich, star bomb. Yelich has been hurt Robert got hurt uh, I mean very quietly Whit Merrifield has been very good yes and yes. I bashed him in in the first podcast like so I feel bad about that that's probably Anton's biggest miss was not trading Merrifield, right? He could have gotten a lot for him. No, I'll tell you um, his biggest miss. His biggest miss was not trading Trevor Bauer for Jonathan India. Yeah, that looks really bad now. Uh, <laughs> I was I was pining after Trevor Bauer. I offered at one point Jonathan India and Aaron Bummer for Trevor Bauer. Uh, and I, I, I think we were close for a moment. And then about a week later, he went on admin suspension. Uh, yeah, it doesn't and, and, it doesn't appear. India has been India has been unbelievable too since yeah. basically since right around that time that time where you offered him to uh, to Anton. Yeah, there was a lot of luck in in that decision. Um, but now, I, I, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough break. There are a lot of things that you going into the season on his squad, you thought they were going to hit right, and it's like all of them went the other way. You have seasons like that, but I do look at this roster and, and you can tell yourself a story if you remember where the narrative was in March, where this was a really good team. Yes. And, yeah. and it, it just totally went the other way. And I feel for Anton, because I think he, now he's staring at the, staring down the barrel of a rebuild because he's losing some parts, uh, parts here. And I think some of the value has gone away and is not coming back. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm- I don't know what's going. Like Kristen Yelich, just is. I, I, is he? Is he? Is this just the player he is now? I don't know what to make of what we where we've seen Christian Yelich go in the last couple of seasons. It's, it's just really weird to see a guy who was an MVP type candidate for a couple of years there. Just you know, he's fine. He's not bad, but he you know he doesn't have power anymore. He's kind of back to the player he was earlier in his career, where he's putting up you know ISOs in the in the like you know, low 100s again. I want to give Anton some credit uh, for Willie Adamas, having the discipline to keep him down and then promoting him now. CBS calls him the 74th ranked player in Roto. 
that's that is really impressive and that is i feel like if if he had promoted willie adamas last year if we had a season right and in willie adamas i think everyone can agree was totally lost uh he might have been a cut if he were on my team i might have cut and i i don't hold back on cutting guys who are homegrowns i would have cut willie adamas now he looks like He's, he's coming through on that potential. So that was a really disciplined move, and I'll credit him for that. Yeah, I, I, I tried to trade for Willie Adonis countless times, but he had some really weird stats. He always had awesome road stats and just yes. really struggled at the trot for whatever reason. And getting out of Tampa seems to have been huge for him because you know I think what the Brewers hoped would happen, which is to see those road stats kind of translate into – everyday stats for the for them has, has proven to be the case and he looks outstanding and that looks like a great trade for milwaukee to get you know i mean they've got like three years of control on him after this year too becker since your season's been all rainbows popsicles and you know uh other nice things that people like to have i i just have to say maybe this is the moment to make fun of you for dollback since it'll go bad in another five minutes um are you feeling bad about that one no no, you're, no, you're happy to have him off the roster. No, if I cut a player, I've moved on, okay. uh, and I I tell myself whether rightly or wrongly, I'm not gonna, um, you know, kind of wring my hands over that decision. Is he is he doing well? I I honestly don't know. I think is, I is saw he. he well, the answer is for Bobby Dahlbeck, he's doing okay, uh, but he's, he's connected on some moonshots in the last few weeks that reminded folks that he he is a baseball player in there somewhere um, yeah and and he was for me personally like he was clogging up a roster spot um i didn't have room and i really didn't look back because it comes down to i think one year two years forward and think would i buy bobby Dahlbeck at auction for one million dollars next year maybe Maybe. And if that's, if the answer is maybe, and not like certainly, yes, I'm getting a ton of value, then I, I wish him good luck. Like I, I always hope that my former boys find nice loving homes um, because I, I do wish them success. So the same is true for Brady Singer, Bobby Dahlbeck, Miguel Sano. So just real quick, before we turn on to the, the playoff teams that are, are in the, the, the championship bracket, the Red Sox, uh, roster construction right now is very funny because they've got uh, too many of these Bobby Dahlback types. Have you noticed that the Red Sox are playing Dahlback when they play him in the nine hole? It is the funniest lineup I've ever seen because you, you, you have this really good hitting lineup and then you get into like the scrappy guys towards the back end. You've got your like Christian Arroyos and Christian Vasquez and like these guys that are like slapping the ball around. And then it's like, Oh, and now we're going to take in the nine hole our true three outcome guy that's probably going to hit 180 <laughs> with with 20 homers on the season and hit a solo home run that's largely meaningless at some point in the seventh inning like yeah. that that's really what it's become and i'm like guys what are you doing it so makes no sense it it hasn't become that it always was that uh bobby dahlback really never hit higher than nine maybe maybe the first month this season he was six seventh he, he really sealed his fate and they were hitting him ninth. And that to me signaled that they have no interest in Bobby Dahlbeck or they don't believe in Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck. And they're just kind of 
running them out there because they don't have a lot of other options. Maybe they do, but I'm very, when I make my decisions, I'd say at least a quarter of it is what is the team telling me? You know, where is, where is this dude batting in the batting order? Because they know more than I do. And if they're running out Bobby Dahlbeck in the nine spot, like that, that tells me a lot more than if Bobby Dahlbeck just had like a middling on base percentage. It tells me that the Red Sox weren't in on him. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so let, let's, let's, let's throw some cold, ice cold water on Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck has a 937 OPS in the second half. You know why he has a 937 OPS? Because the Red Sox are not letting him face right-handed pitchers anymore. He's, he has like 80 plate appearances in like the last, you know, 40 games you know that's that so yeah sure you platoon a guy against left a guy who can only hit lefties against lefties he's gonna do well so that's what Bobby Dalbeck is he sucks he's not a major league player I don't he's he's like a you know maybe he's Johnny Gomes with worse defense is is what Bobby Dalbeck is so I'm not sure that's a major league player he's Darren Ruff and Darren Ruff's on the waiver wire yeah exactly and he's worse than Darren Ruff, like de- yeah. demonstrably worse than Darren Ruff, who is on the waiver wire. All right. I think it's time to start talking about the real playoffs. Let's do it. Um, let's start with the union side, since I think we're a little more confident on that matchup. Again, uh, Josh, we are going to throw you the bone because you earned it of talking about Dubner first for a solid minute and a half, just in case Dubner is the team that actually is in this matchup. Um, but then we're going to really preview it as if it is Josh against star. So um, I know Becker, I asked you to, to give this roster a quick once over for Dubner. Uh, what's Dubner's uh, roster looking like for next week? I think Dubner's got a really good roster. I've always said this. Um, and, and now he adds <laughs> Yasmani Grendel to his squad um, off the injured list after a, a lot of weeks on the, IL. Nicky Lopez is stealing bases. Matt Chapman's hitting again. He's got Trevor Story. It's unclear whether he's going to be fine. Uh, Mark Kanha, Juan Soto is probably the best player in baseball in the second half. Uh, Corey Seager, it's a little unclear. Max Muncie is one of the top players in baseball. So, I mean, offensively, I think Dubner is second to none. To include my team, to include Brophy's team and Matt's team, uh, your team, I think. I think offensively, he's second to none. The, the issue has always been pitching. This isn't going to be a surprise to Dubner at all. But I think the, play, the new playoff format probably favors Dubner in that if he gets one or two starts from Framber Valdez, one start from Charlie Morton, uh, maybe one start from Jordan Montgomery, that, that might, and, and then relief innings, some good relief innings, that might be it. That might be all he needs. So he can, he can really concentrate on the guys that um, he really believes are going to give him high-quality innings, slough off you know, some of the, the, the Eli Morgans. And I, I, I've always liked his team. I like his team even more now than I did before. Can this roster win the championship if he does not get DeGrom and or Bieber back? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think he has the pitching. I, I, I just, you know, Morton, Morton and Framber is not, it's not enough. 
Like he, the the offense is great. The, what's funny is the offense has actually been down for him lately. A lot of guys are slumping. Vlad's been not been great in the second half. Mark Canna's been awful. Max Muncy's in the midst of a pretty bad slump right now. Um, you're seeing a lot of guys who are, are struggling, and it's it's getting Grandal back is huge. And I'm not I'm not really worried about the offense, but I just you know I Zach Eflin kind of has quietly been very good for this team. He's hurt, might be out for the season. Um, Tony Gonsolin is out. Mike, Michael Pineda is out. He just does not. And they're you know looking at. After Morton and Frember Valdez, I mean, who's even his third starter? I guess it's Jordan Montgomery. Don't then, don't discount Ranger Suarez. A guy like that can be really, really valuable in the playoffs when you're just trying to eat innings. I'm I'm going to discount Ranger Suarez. <laughs> Do so at your peril. Oh, you guys have a fun thing going on right now. I love it. All right. Um, well, all right. So, Dubner, I hope for your sake that you are uh, uh, that this has been a wasted two minutes or five minutes, whatever it's been, um, because I agree with Matt. I think your team needs to play as few matchups as possible because I think you're just outclassed on the pitching side. You may win hitting every week, but it's going to be it's going to be tough um, if you don't get some of those guys back. So, both to get healthy and also to minimize the the, the dice throws, as they say. The, the um, other thing I, I note about Dubner is the team, he doesn't steal bases. And that's, you know, for, he's an offensive juggernaut, but he's a five category, not a six category offensive juggernaut. And that, that hurts him too. Fair enough. All right. So it looks as though, Star, you're going to be the home team. And it looks as though you're going to be playing Josh. Um, let's start with Josh. Um, either of you ready to go on breaking down Josh's squad, or do you want me to do it? I want to hear what Matt has to say about Josh's squad. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the timing is is not great uh, for me to have to face this team right now. Um, I think there's a couple things going for him. I think, you know, Tatis and Bregman are both healthy and in the lineup together for the first time. And I don't know. I mean, how long was Bregman out for? Bregman was out for like three months. Um, and yeah, and to, to get those guys back right now is two months, uh, more than two months to get those guys back is huge for him, uh, for an offense that has honestly been pretty terrible, uh, the last, you know, since the all-star break, looking at his numbers right now, you know, 328 OBP, 754 OPS over the last month. That's not, that's not going to get it done, but getting those guys that did that, that for the most part to decent Bregman were not part of that so having those guys back is huge for him I don't think I still don't think it's a great offense I think it is uh, a good offense Um, I think the pitching is really where the strength is I think the pitching particularly in the playoffs um, is set up nicely because of the top heavy nature of this team with Scherzer and Bueller and Stroman and Greinke and you probably don't have to play you probably doesn't have to throw any other starters um other than those guys and he's got a pretty strong bullpen behind them um you know i think this team is maybe not the team the juggernaut we thought was going to be at the beginning of the season but i think this is a team that can do damage because um he's got some balance and as long as the guys that are the injured guys who are back hit i think uh it's it can be a very dangerous team 
So one thing I want to point out is because uh, I think when you look at pitching matchups, it, it does matter now, right? Um, and Stroman's a guy that I would say for the playoffs, you don't really, you don't mind him as your fourth best pitcher, but he's not going to excite you as your fourth best pitcher. But he's playing the Miami Marlins this week, and that really elevates him quite a bit. Um, and it's a seven-inning game because it's going to happen in a doubleheader. Uh, and if that's the case, um, and you know, wait, I got that one wrong. My apologies. No, I, I got it right. I think I, I see right. him. I see him at the Nationals. Actually, I'm, I'm even better. Um, yeah, that, I don't know. That that's not a good. That's not, that, 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 that's a good matchup too. So. <laughs> regardless i saw i saw him pitch against i saw him dominate the nationals in person just a couple weeks ago well star you're going to become a huge braves fan because uh obviously him having the two best dodgers pitchers they're going up against the braves and they both are going to draw against the braves um so that's not the best uh for for josh but i think those guys tend to be a little bit matchup proof um look I, i think josh can give you some some headaches I, I don't think this is better than 60-40 for you. Um, I think it's, it's you know, I, I think your team has been better this season. Uh, but Josh's team is playing really well right now. And it's, it's I, I do think it's going to come down to can Josh win some of these pitching categories because uh, his hitting is, is very good. And that one will be a coin flip. So um, should we take a moment on your team, uh, Star? I know we did in the beginning, but we didn't really do quite the deep dive. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to talk. I don't know. Other people are are also welcome to to analyze. I I have some nice matchups as well. Uh, let's not discount. Why don't you nice start matchups. with that? Like, tell us tell us like what what's making you salivate about having to play this week pitching wise? Uh, I mean, the fact that one of the best things that that happened to me this week is that Corbin Burns got bumped from today to tomorrow uh, and is now a two start pitcher. Um, so that uh, that's hard to complain about. Um, He's, I mean, at San Francisco is not actually the, ma- the great matchup it you know used to be. You used to think, oh, going into the San Francisco is like a, an easy an easy matchup. That's now a bit of a tougher matchup. But I'll take him at San Francisco and I'll and and versus the Cardinals any day. And, you know, getting those two those two starts from him will be huge. Um, cool. And then that's not terrible. Yeah, Cole has the Angels. They suck. Uh, and Molly has the Tigers, and um, and Musgrove has the Diamondbacks, and it's it's you don't get it doesn't get much better than some of those matchups there, which is um, you know those are probably going to be the four guys I use this week. Um, you know, keep McClen- good star. Tigers have been sneaky good on offense in the last month or two. Uh, they were sneaky good, and then they got bad again. Um, they 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 had like a, a hot month there, and now they're not good. Um, they are the 22nd best offense since the all-star break. Um, but so they're, they're, they're not great. Uh, uh, they, wow. The angels are 28. <laughs> I didn't realize they were quite so bad. So star, I have a question for you. You have a really interesting roster construction. Currently you have eight bench batters. Yeah. How do you, intend to bring that along in the playoffs is is that where you're cutting for to, uh, from to get down to 26 yeah i mean a couple of those guys just aren't going to come with me and i have to really dig in a little bit to figure out which of those guys um i'm not going to bring along with me uh, i mean duran duran is 
almost certainly not going to make the roster because, I mean, if Hunter Renfro comes back from the bereavement list, Durant's probably back to the minors again. So, well, actually, the minor league season's almost over. But, uh, you know, so that's, that's one that's not going to go. I don't know what to make of Nick Solak, who just got called back up by the by the Rangers and has been on fire since coming back. And I don't think I've used him once, but he's got like a 1,000 OPS over the last week. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he comes up with Tim or, or Sam Hilliard or, you know, probably one of those guys doesn't, doesn't make the roster as well. Um, so I'll probably, probably two or three guys two probably two or three of those hitters uh, get cut. You know, I'm not going to bring Kikuchi with me. Um, probably going to ditch one of these relievers who, you know, I don't even know who Manuel Rodriguez is. So probably not <laughs> going to keep that guy on my roster for the playoff. And I don't know what to make of Matt Barnes, who has just been God awful like has been so, so bad. Um, like, I don't know if I feel comfortable using him right now because of how terrible he has been over the last month or so. He has, looking at his stats over the last month, he has a 14.21 ERA over the last month. Not good. Uh, that's, that's, that's hard to stomach. Uh, and, and I don't even know how many saves he's blown in there. I guess apparently only two blown saves, but uh, it's, it's, it's felt like a lot more than that. And it's been, it's been ugly. So he's going I, James Krinchak route. Yeah. What's weird is that he's still striking guys out. Like the, he's not, he's still missing bats, but he's also just, you know, he has 12 strikeouts in six innings and a 14 ERA. <laughs> Yeah, that, that doesn't sound good. I, I, that's not what you want, Bob. Um, I, I so, have some concerns about that, but, um, you know, offense, it's, the offense has really been where I've had some struggles lately, and I'm really hoping that some of these guys are going to bounce back a little bit from where they've been. I'm not going to make you predict your own matchup, but Becker, who do you like here? I like Star. I like Star. I, I think he has a top three team in, in the entire league. Um, so I, I, I see him moving past this matchup and probably getting, I, I see myself facing star in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to take the other side. I think Josh is going to pull this one out. Uh, it's a little bit of a hunch. It's a little bit the way the team's been playing. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see. My dog just made an appearance. So if there are weird noises for those watching visually, there she is. She just opened the door. <laughs> Uh, no one's watching visually except us, but uh, it was a nice little pan. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious what you mean, how the team's been playing. Uh, I actually uh, am beating Josh in literally every category over the last month. A hundred percent of categories, if you look over the, last, the performance over the last four weeks, belong to me. I'm going on a hunch here, and I and for what it's worth, I think that that his team has been peaking for him. Um, I, and also he's gotten players back in the last week. So last month's performance might matter a little less. And if Bregman continues to get healthy, um, so that he's not just a body, but actually is, is playing well. I mean, Tatis has already proven that he only needs one shoulder to hit home runs. So like, I, I just think that, uh, there's a chance that we're about to see the best of Josh's season. Um, and if that happens, I mean, this was one of the teams that we thought had the best chances to win this thing going in. So I'm going to discount what happened on August 1st uh, and look a little bit more at what's happening now for this team. But I mean, you know, it's, that's certainly my worry that, that I'm getting this team at the absolute wrong time. And I'm going to, I'm, the team, the team is going to perform like the team we thought he was going to have all season. 
Um, so that, that's my concern. I think I would, you know, I, I, I would, I would give, say that I'm the favorite, but I don't think that there, that this is far from a lock. Uh, I think I could easily lose this matchup. Fair enough. It's also not fun pat, uh, podcasting if we just agree on everything all the time. So, um, Fair enough. I think let's flip the script over to the federal side. Becker, you're up to talk about our team that we don't think is going to be playing this week, but we wanted to preview it nonetheless. Can you tell us a little bit about what Mark is going to be looking at? Mark Sandberg? Yeah. Yeah, one moment. I think you, didn't you give me, oh, didn't you I give did, me Mark? Star, you, Mark. Sorry, give me Mark. I'm the yeah, one I, was, who, I was momentarily confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be talking about Sean and Star. You're talking about Mark. If you're ready to go, go for it. Go for it, Star. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think Mark, I, I think Mark's team is pretty bad. Uh, I think the offense has been pretty terrible all season. I think it's been worse lately since the trade deadline. I don't know. Somehow we still actually, I'm confused as to where the pitching the quality pitching is coming from, but he has still managed to continue to pitch pretty well despite trading away Woodruff. Um, I guess I guess he's still got some decent, some okay pitchers on this team. Um, you know, he's still got Kyle Gibson has had a very good season. Taiwan Walker. Oh, Logan Webb has been amazing. I forgot about Logan Webb. So you know, he's the pitching is okay and the offense is bad, and I I just have a hard time seeing him beating a team like the Ichiro's, which we can talk about in a few minutes. But I think that team is just so much stronger top to bottom than, than the roof. I don't, I, I, I would have a hard time seeing, you know, barring some, some crazy upset or a terrible week by the Ichiro's. I, I have a hard time seeing Mark come through there because the offense just is not there. And the pitching is still notably worse than the Ichiro's. Uh, even as well as been playing lately. Fair enough. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, he'll be outclassed by the Ichiro's if he makes the game. But, you know, it's still fun that they, that he made this much noise um, because none of us thought he had any shot. And here we are with a few hours to go and we're still talking about him. Uh, I think Sean is similar. And Sean, Sean's my draw here. Um, Sean obviously has Devers, who's been the 11th best hitter according to cbs this this year um 30 home runs he's no joke guys he's a good hitter the last couple of weeks he's he's been pretty good but not not his regular self ops is down the last three weeks uh under 800 so he's going to need devers to carry the team if he's going to make any noise um you know the the other hitters on this team are sort of fun to talk about like rowdy tellez uh is a fun baseball player to watch because uh, he doesn't look like he should be a baseball player um, he looks more like the Hamburglar, uh, but he, he is, uh, he's pretty good when he connects with a ball and he goes through weeks where sometimes he's doing a lot of that last couple weeks. He's been a little more quiet than, than previously, but, um, I'd say if Sean makes any noise, he needed something out of Tellus because, uh, he's one of the few guys on this roster that can really hit, put up homers in a hurry. Um, also just of note, Carson Kelly has been back for a couple weeks uh so you know that was a guy that sean i think was counting on this year it's possible he could turn it on um i think you know you could talk yourself into sean's hitting being good for a week uh i don't think it's very good right now um i see star shaking his head at me but i'm saying you can talk yourself into him having an okay week 
on the pitching side, uh, he's going to be counting quite a bit on uh, the 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 rookie. Uh, what do you want to call him? Um, sensation. There's the word, Carlos Hernandez, uh, who's been really good, really, really, so really good. good. So um, good. And I so regret not picking him up because Sean did. Um, but Carlos Hernandez is going to have to do some stuff. He's going to need Wade Miley to continue to baffle us all because none of us know why this is happening, <laughs> but it is. Um, and he's going to need Zach Gallen to, to turn back into the pitcher that we expected him to be, which he has not been this year. Although there have been a couple starts lately that have been better. So we'll hey, Gallen's been okay lately. You know, they, it looks like he's finally maybe getting back healthy again. Um, you know, he had some pretty concerning series of injuries there. You never want to hear about forearm tightness. And then he had what, like a hamstring injury or something after that. And, um, but Gallon's a good pitcher when he's right, and looks like maybe he's starting to get right again. Talk about guys that I have absolutely no idea how much they're going to go for at auction next year. Like, if you told me right now Zach Gallon goes for ten million, I'd be like, eh, seems a little low, but possible. You tell me he goes for forty, and I'd be like, seems a little high, but possible. Like, it's going to be anywhere in there. I have no clue. I, 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 I feel confident that it's going to be somewhere in between ten and forty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but even I would shrink it down. I would say it confidently in between 15 and 35. I think it's 30 plus. That's still a very wide range though. Right? Like, I mean, right. you feel good about that being the guy you dropped 35 million on. I, I don't know that I would, but he was probably still going to be in consideration for it. All right, Sean, great job making noise down the stretch here, buddy. I think you deserve a lot of credit for losing absolutely no focus after trading away your guys. Um, you're a good owner and you've done a really good job with this team and you've, you've had among the worst luck in the league this year. So impressive work. Um, with that said, let's turn over and talk about what we expect to be the matchup. Jorvi, we are absolutely giving you every, uh, what's the word that I want to find here? Um, we, we should not necessarily be talking about your team. Like it, it does not feel greater than 50, 50, but we had to pick one. Um, and at this juncture, it is you. Um, so let's talk about, uh, the, the lamb that will go to the slaughter of Paul, <laughs> um, Jorvi squad, who wants to take it? I can start at least. I mean, Jorvi's off. If we're talking about, especially comparing the three teams, Jorvi has, you know, b- between Sean and, and Mark, Jorvi has by far the best offense. Actually, it's, it's a very good offense, even without Ron Lacuna. Um, I think really what's what's killed him particularly lately is pitching. Um, and even if you take out kind of the back end, um, you're still, it's still not a group that I would feel supremely confident relying on. Um, I mean, Giolito has been good, but not great. Uh, Ryu has really struggled lately. I'm not sure. I haven't been paying super close attention as to why that is, but he has not looked right. I know. Do you believe in Tuki Two Saints going to keep this up? Um, <laughs> you know, he's looked great over the last month or so, but you know, is Tuki Two Saint Jorvi's third best pitcher right now? He might be, and that's not really where you want to be. I have a tough time seeing this team winning. Uh, certainly, it's not going to win four in a row and win the championship. I, and I, I think Jorvi, you know, even when we had him on, he was sort of already coming around on the fact that his, his chances were pretty much dead at that point. I'd like to see this team make the playoffs just because it was such a prohibitive favorite going in. Um, it feels painful to have it miss. So 
I want to see it make the playoffs, but I, 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 it's interesting to me to hear you say like the offense is that much better. It's clearly better than the other two teams. It's not the offense I thought it was going to be. Right. That's uh, fair. And, and, and to say that like, there have been injuries. I mean, sure. Um, like no team can lose a Cunha and, and still be as good as it could have been, but he's also had some significant underperformance. Like if I told you before the season started that Austin Meadows was going to have 66 runs, 21 homers and 89 RBIs, uh, you'd, you'd be like, I, I guess that's the low end of his outcomes. I, I don't think that's really good for Austin Meadows. And I think that's a guy he was really counting on. He's really seen Tyler O'Neill blow up in a good way. So he's got that going for him. Um, and Hanniger's been fine, but I, I think he's been let down by a lot of guys. Um, he's been let down, I think, to a degree by, uh, well, not to a degree. He's definitely been down, let down by Eugenio Suarez. Um, That's it. That's $37 million in one guy who is probably replacement level. That hurts yeah, so much. really been awful. Um, you know, like uh, on, on the flip side, like, like I, I, I hinted at this in, in calling him out for not promoting McKenzie, who's now hurt. So, you know, say what you will about that. Brendan Rogers and Luis Urias are like two of his best hitters and they're still sitting in double A. And it's not like these guys are young prospects that you're waiting for. You know, why are those guys not up? Why are Brendan Rogers and Luis Urias not on his roster right now? Because those are two of his 10 best hitters. And I don't see any, and, and they're like old, they're old prospects. You're, are, you, are you saving them for the age 32 season? What the fuck's going on? Why are those guys not on the roster? I look, I'm just, I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't know that I want Brendan Rogers on the road, <laughs> right? Yeah, but even I mean, he, they're, they're at home this week. So get them up and play them. Yeah. Uh, I, you have a point. I'm not going to say you don't have a point. Um, Let's talk about Paul squad, shall we? Uh, and actually, I, I think we owe Paul a little bit of an apology. I don't think we've talked enough about Paul's team at all this season. Uh, for a team, I, I think it's partially because he has not been one of the teams that we thought had the very best of the rosters. And he also was never in danger of missing the playoffs. So he kind of fell in that sweet spot of teams that we just didn't give enough love to. Um, I'll take this one just as a start. I mean, Freddie Freeman's obviously amazing. He's also had Ozzy Albies play a really good season. Um, I think, you know, very, very strong there. Castellanos is perennially underrated, I think. Um, Star's probably about to tell me he's not underrated. I think the world doesn't talk about Castellanos enough. Um, I think the, the big letdown on this team was Lindor. Uh, but, you know, I still don't really want to play against Lindor in the playoffs because you never know. Um, and obviously Wait, Bellinger. Down yeah, too. I mean, Cody Bellinger is, is, is like just been an absolute disaster this season. So should we take a moment on that? Like what, what what's going on with Bellinger? He's he's even said what the problem was. So he had this shoulder injury and he had surgery and he had offseason sh- surgery on his shoulder. And he basically said he rushed back and he never got his swing right. And he basically said he needs six months to recover and fix his swing and he's not going to be able to do it in the season. He, he basically said that. Um, so that's the situation. It's, 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 you know, his swing's fucked up and he, you know, as someone who owned Coney Bellinger, the guy has a weird, unique swing. And it's the kind of thing where 
if that thing gets off, you're he's going to develop massive holes in that swing. I think it's exactly what's going on right now. Like he he's had some mechanical issues in the past that he's like had to adjust, and he's just not, you know, at a point right now. I mean, the Dodgers are starting to not play him as much. You know that that they're Mookie Betts is back, and like you know, you look at that roster, like, I don't know that Bellinger is one of like the, the seven best, you know, Will Smith's going to be catching every day. I don't know that Bellinger is one of their seven best hitters anymore. Um, Bellinger's kind of now probably a part-time player for the rest of the year until he, he fixes this stuff. Is this the shoulder he injured uh, celebrating that home run bash brother style? I don't, I don't remember. (laughs) Is that how that happened? I think so. I think it was totally self-inflicted. In the same way wow. that Kiosker, you know, uh, punched a bullpen phone. Uh, those are those are inexcusable injuries, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so he yeah. has, you know, as well. I know, which is the irony. Maybe Paul needs to get his boys in shape. Tell him to stop celebrating, or we're hitting things in frustration. So it looks like Paul is going to have uh, Urias with not amazing matchups. He's got the Giants uh, and the Braves from what I'm seeing. Um, I'm not excited about either one of those. Um, Alcantara, uh, who is he going to draw? Sorry, doing this live. Yeah, I'm, pu- I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, too. He draws the Phillies, which is not great, but not terrible. I'd say it's fairly average. Um, you got Nola against the, the Nationals. Um, I mean, let's, which... let's just, let me just put it this way. Like, this pitching staff is better than any of the other three teams that we've talked about. Oh, mile, by miles. Like, so I, Cease, I, Cease and Urias and Alcantara and Nola, I think I would take all four of those guys over, like, any pitcher on any of those other teams. Right. So I, I, I have trouble finding a way that Paul loses pitching. He might lose a category or two. Uh, I think he's going to win pitching in this matchup against whoever he plays. He just needs his hitters to show up enough. And as we went through the other teams, it looks like he'll be favored there as well. Um, so I think Paul's in, in good shape. Paul, you know, as, as we talk about play, playoff teams that have better than average chances, better than the coin flips that they have to take, I, I like Paul's chances more than four coin flips um, because I think he's going to draw – Federal's a little bit more wide open than I want to admit, right? Like we're still waiting to see how healthy Brophy's team gets. Um, if it gets really healthy, it's a juggernaut. My team, I'd like to think it's going to be better for the playoffs because I can minimize my weaknesses. And I'm about to get, um, I'm about to get uh, uh, Elo Jimenez up and that should really help things there. And he started to homer again, which is good. Um, but I don't think that my team is what it was. So, you know, Paul could beat me. We'll see. Uh I think federal feels more wide open right now than union does. Like any of these teams could represent and, and go to the finals. So. Uh, yeah. I think Paul is, is right there, especially with kind of the current iterations of your team and Brophy's team. Um, I'm, I think we're still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with Brophy's pitching. Um, Darvish has not been great since coming back from the injury and Rodon just came off the IL. I think made, did he make a start? I think he had he pitched. Uh, he's made one start since coming off the IL. Yeah, losing clarity was such a gut punch for me, man. Like that—that that was, yeah. was ticking the balls again. And right. and yeah, Brophy's without Kershaw too. And I think there's a real risk that Luis Garcia, who's been amazing for him, is gonna hit an innings cap at some point, and they're gonna pull him out of the rotation. 
And I think starting pitching weirdly could become an issue for Brophy uh, if if Kershaw doesn't come back and if Rodon and Darvish don't get right. Yeah. Any Becker? Any any other thoughts on this team or or this matchup? I think they may be top four teams in in LDB. I like Paul a lot, and uh, yeah. I I wouldn't want to face him for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think Paul is obviously the big favorite against anyone he faces. I, you know, nothing is for sure, but I think that he is on a different level than any of those teams, and you know, both offensively and pitching is just a notably has a notably better team on both sides than any of the his potential matchups. Fair enough. Well, gentlemen, we've been on the cast for over an hour here. Um, I think we should start wrapping it up, but any other final thoughts before we move forward? I'm excited about playoffs. I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped. I think there's been a lot of engagement in the league and um, yeah, a lot of good teams. So I'm really excited and I, I can't wait to talk to you guys next week about it. Me too. So we'll be I, back. I did, I did want to mention, Chris, I did want to mention uh, a guy who has been, Kind of a fun find, a former a former uh, Dippa of yours, but a guy who's been great for me since I picked him up and has been great in the second half. Bradley Zimmer, what, 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 watch out! Watch out for Bradley Zimmer in the playoffs here. Secret weapon. As as yeah. you know, I'm not playing him like every day, but you know the guy's got, uh, you know, an eight nineteen OPS in the second half with a whole bunch of stolen bases and is hitting hitting home runs and. Kind of, you know, it's a small sample, but it's like, huh, just the guy we uh, we always thought that Bradley Zimmer might turn into. Are we finally seeing that guy right now? I'll Maybe. point you to the fact that uh, I actually picked Bradley Zimmer up uh, in the time between the auction and the first day of the season when I thought that the Indians, sorry, now the, the, the future Guardians, whatever you want to call them, we're going to have to play him. And then they sent him back to the minors. And I was like, come on. I even sent star a text in that time. And I was like, he will never perform for anyone but me because I've waited long enough. <laughs> and sure enough. And sure enough, he will perform for someone other than me and it will be star. So there you have it. Uh, I wish you all the best with Bradley Zimmer. I hope he's great. I, I that guy's had a rough go of it. So yeah. you know. he, he will be on my playoff roster as he's like my backup center fielder now. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he'll, he'll get some playing time. I think. Sometimes when you love something, you have to let it go. Yeah, like my chances to win this year. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, I look forward to next Sunday, uh, wrapping up this week and, and talking about the next set of matchups. So good luck to those of you who are playing. Rest up to those of us who are not. Um, I My team has been playing for the last four weeks, but it feels like I've been resting for a while while so i look back to re-engaging at some point in the future uh and uh enjoy your first weeks of school all of you parents uh, i know getting your kids back to school is is a good thing and um i'm looking forward to it so uh be well everyone see you guys there everybody Baseball.